correctly with the correct amount. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. You're listening to Shared Sagas, an Australian RPG actual play podcast. This podcast features adult language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Greetings, and welcome to Shared Sagas. This is going to be session six of our Waterdeep Dragon Heist campaign. My name is Tom. I will be the friendly GM slash DM as usual. Let's go around the table and see who will be playing today. My name is Nadia, and I am playing Jez Locke. She is a half-elf rogue, a criminal with a heart of gold, and uh, one half of the Locke twins. Speaking of the Locke twins... You're going to need to give that heart back. They're missing it. I am Nick. I am playing Nick Locke, the better half of the Locke twins. Oh. He is the face for the criminal organisation, so a bit more presentable than his ragamuffin rapscallion sister. He is uh, very well dressed, leather armour hidden beneath a sort of dandy's fine outfit. Fantastic. Hi, I'm Ben. I'm playing Lyle Hedgehalf, professional halfling good luck charm and trickster cleric of Chimora, and also becoming, I think, one of the staples of this group. <laughs> yes, actually. The only character to have not missed a session, I believe. Actually, no, I think uh, Jess is also amongst yes, that Jess, distinction. Yeah. Jess, yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. So we all know who the fan favourites will be. So, as we begin our tale today... So where are our uh, erstwhile companions? Ah, uh, yes. So, to explain the absence of both Mark and Sam today, we will say that, uh, well, frankly, their factions will call them away. Mark will be called upon, or should I say Hurst, will be called upon to do a quick adventure for the Emerald Enclave, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, does not require the entire party to go along, something relatively straightforward. And we will say that Izzy is called for some tricksy, magical Harper shenanigans, which will keep them occupied for... Some garbage. <laughs> some some Harper nonsense mm-hmm. that will keep uh, them, obviously, occupied for some time as well. Just you three today. As we open our scene, we can see our characters enjoying a quiet drink in a ruined tavern. The last of your alcohol reserves, in fact, are uh, going to be, you know... (laughs) This is a dire emergency that needs to be remedied. So it is approximately mid-morning, and it is, which, you know, is about the equivalent of 10 or 11 in the morning. You know, the only appointment that you have today, Jez, is that you have to meet... Nevercott at mid-afternoon in a small parkland area just north of the City of the Dead where there is a collection of public latrines. So that'll be a romantic... Perfect for you. A romantic interlude... (laughs) <laughs> to, to be remembered, but also to pass on the information about where this highly volatile barrel of smoke powder is being detained by yourselves. So, the other thing, of course, is that you know that you have got a mission for the Blackstaff to do, namely to go up Mount Waterdeep and talk to a crazy old monk about some prophetic doomsaying or whatnot, and also that you have a family in your neighborhood that is currently being held that is currently being held hostage in their own basement, the Timberleys. So, 
what else you do today is completely up to yourself. I'm going begin. to get drunk with the last reserves of the alcohol. Sounds good to me. So the, the very last of the fine Tetherian red wine is uh, downed by Nick Locke. <laughs> As we clank, I imagine you clank the tankard back down on the table. And then, then I'll get into that elf nonsense. Yes. The, the, what's it called? The, Absolutely uh, not. That Elver is Christ. under Locke <laughs> and Key. Lock, yeah, don't, don't get into that. That is exceedingly expensive and special. So. I feel like Locke and Key isn't the deterrent you think it is for this group. <laughs> That's very true. So... We have some questions about what we tell Nevercott. Well, I feel like I don't have a complete understanding of the situation and what information we choose to give them or withhold could have consequences outside of what we could imagine. Do we trust someone to take a look at that information and give us a, you know, more of an idea? The thing that I trust is a group of Dark Elves who may take some umbrage in us shortchanging them information. That's very true. I don't think there's someone that you want on your, uh, uh, on your back. Hmm, I don't know. What do you think, brother? I think we don't know enough about the situation to make an informed decision. So maybe just delay on that for now. Hand over the smoke powder as delay while we do our own investigations into it and see what is pertinent information to pass on and what isn't. Well, if we give away the give the smoke powder up, then they're going to be expecting the other information as well. We'll just tell him the half-orc half took it with him. We have to wait for him to get back. And then we later go back to them and we say, oh, actually, we did find this. No, we say we had it. We didn't look at it. The half took it. He turned into some kind of, I don't know, a cat or something, or whatever disgusting things he turns into. The documents were subsumed with his form, as what happens with druids, and he scarped off chasing a mouse, and uh, we don't know where he is. And as soon as he comes back in whatever horrible form he chooses to come back in, we'll give it to you then. Buys us some time. Seems like a very complicated situation. The best kind of lie. And it has a kernel of truth that he is a half orc. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. So we're going to pin this whole story on. I think it's uh, possible that it involves magical finagling. In the meantime, we have the smoke powder. It's quite conceivable that he was the last. In fact, he did dispose of the carriage. So it would make perfect sense. We tell him truthfully that he went with the carriage to dispose of it. Anyone who was watching would have seen that. And then got called away on some business and uh, took the envelope with him as part of his being. Hard yeah. to argue with. Nevercott has also charged us with the with the Timberleys, the family of halflings that are being held hostage. Well, yes. We If we accomplish this task as well prior to the meeting, it might be enough to deflect his attention from the missing documents. Two out of three is not bad. Yeah, well, I think more than that, these guys deserve a bit of a break. They've been under their thumb for some time, and clearly okay. not having the best time of it, so Sorry, I think I'm you're right. I must have been doing something important. What is this deal with the Timberleys? So they're being held hostage, essentially. Their home, I believe, is being used as a... Let me just go and have a quick look at my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Are these people they're being held hostage by the Zents in their own home. I believe their home is being used as somewhat of a, a, a base of operations. Oh, so. All right, okay. This seems like the kind of neighbourhood thing that gives us a good rep and maybe we'll, you know, buy some alleys and a hideaway house. Yes, let's go save them. Let's go get our hero on. All right. Do you agree then? Absolutely. And then, as we say, we can rock up to Nevercott and be like, oh, well, yeah, two out of three, half walk, you know. Mm, mm. <laughs> Can't trust them. Can't trust them. <laughs> yes, I'm sure they'll be very sympathetic to you being uh, discriminatory to a race that is typically depicted as being uh, evil. No, I think we just play up the druid. <laughs> oh, I see. I get it. More his <laughs> class than his race. Just that he's a druid, you know, he doesn't think about such matters and didn't realise that the documents would become part of him when he changed into that manky cat. <laughs> we're not racists, we're classists. That's, that's much 
much, much better. I certainly am. I can't stand them. <laughs> so, as you move outside of the tavern, you go out onto the city streets, you are outside of the dusty and ruined confines of Troll Skull Manor. You can see that in this early to mid-morning... Almost actually mid to late morning now that of course the stalls and stores of your small cul-de-sac neighborhood are all flush with uh, people running to and fro you can see uh, actually can anyone who wants to please give me a perception check might be the first game I've ever played where I have a perception check you have a perception skill <laughs> I usually don't go strong into the wisdom contrary to that I've actually got no training yeah, in that you, you, you are usually more your do you what is your perception I've just got two uh, I've got plus seven, so... Uh, Sixteen. Okay. Twenty-five. Fantastic. So, first of all, you can see that the merry, tumbling band of musicians and acrobats, the halfling troupe known as Short and Sweet, are still, you know, doing their, their wonderful, colourful, acrobatic, enthusiastic display, much to, to the delight of several onlookers. With that seventeen, however, you do also notice that there is a, a sort of a middle-aged, greying-haired, festively plump female halfling that is carrying a very, very large couple of baskets, which look very much like picnic baskets. And she looks very harried in a simple brown dress, pushing her way through the crowd. And what uh, you notice straight away, of course, is that she seems to be very much on a mission because she is not distracted at all by the delightful antics of short and sweet. Maybe, maybe, she's, she... a hel- maybe she's a self-hating halfling. She could be. Or maybe, since you don't know what they look like, she could be a member of the Timberley family. Yes. Which you know, to keep up appearances, are allowed out. Sometimes the family members mm-hmm. are allowed outside the house. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I was a 25, by the way, if that makes any difference, not 17. Okay, so you're you're very, very sure that she is very concerned with the contents of one of the picnic baskets okay. and is currently moving her way through the alleyway to hand it off to somebody. An appropriately shadowy cloaked figure, a gentleman in the alleyway, goes to uh, meet her, essentially. She tries to wait until the, the short and sweet troop do a particularly... Uh, Forty number? M- well, m- more, it, it's more of a triple, you know, three halflings standing on top of each other, sands the trench coat mm. uh, balancing act while playing their instruments, which is, you know, pretty important. Impressive. Much to the, the squealing delight of several of the children and people watching so that a distraction is held so she can slip away into the confines of the alleyway where All you right. can see a tall, broad-shouldered, cloaked figure awaits her. Alright, I will quickly, you know, eyes over there kind of thing, point it out to you. Sure. I'm sure we have. I'm sure you and I just have some sort of thieves, personal thieves camp thing going on here. But or just weird twin stuff. Weird twin stuff. <laughs> weird twin stuff. We've got weird twin stuff out the wazoo. And to uh, Lyle, mm-hmm. I'll just do a quick sort of look for her thing and I will definitely make my way at a distance but close enough that I can intercede if necessary okay question yes are there any other similar looking baskets around oh many yes absolutely in in fact there's a stall which is a fruit cellar which is essentially completely lousy with them so equivalent to that white washing laundry basket that we have just completely common Hmm. well I have somewhat of an idea and put this out to the group to basically grab a picnic basket with some amount of material mm. in it and then uh, try to do that whole thing where you bump in to yep. someone and switch them and then kind of see what happens afterwards. Okay, great. Now, if you want to try to do that before, is this going to be after she meets up with the shadowy figure in the alleyway? I was going to try before okay. because I wanted to see what that looked like, that but will I'm be... open to suggestions. Okay, go for it. How much of this can we metagame or is the time that we have available? I think it's quite short. It, so it, it'll be very quick, but you can and definitely shout look honestly one thing to keep in mind you don't have to be too clandestine in your interactions because this is this is across the street yeah. past a crowd even the shadowy figure in the alleyway can't really have good eyes on you so you yeah. can talk to so each other my only concern is 
if she delivers the baskets and they're not the baskets mm. that this guy is expecting, then she and the family's going to get it in the neck. Dire repercussions. Well, I think the idea is we try to get them out as quickly as possible anyway, right? I think, though it's a good idea, sister, I would prefer to wait until see what the shadowy gentleman has to say and then maybe whack him. Yes. All right. Leaving her safer. Okay. So, with that then, you approach really quickly. So I will feign, in inverted commas, a drunken stagger. Sure, that's fine. Um, you make your way to the alleyway. It's between two large residential buildings behind a row of sort of market stalls, you know, that are out the front, you know, set up with their wares. Anything from a small bell seller to a fruit seller and uh, a baker from a neighbourhood over, actually, just displaying their wares. Moving past that, and bear in mind, it is also very, very overcast today, and it was raining earlier. The rain has temporarily abated, but it is still very, very windy and cold, and there is a dreary cast to the sky and a um, sort of a grim power over the uh, proceedings, despite the the jovality in the street. So, this clipped figure walks up to her, she walks up to he. Anybody who wants to get nice and close can give me a stealth check with advantage because the role of the crowd is uh, making it very easy for you. Still quite bad for me, Hmm. even with advantage. So it's 14. 14. 17. 22. Wow, okay, that's great. You do not think the, 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 the clipped figure gives no sign that he has cottoned onto your presence and she walks up with fear and trepidation in her step and then gently holds forward the right of the picnic baskets the robed figure pulls back his hood and you can see that he is a very very grim faced human man he has a black beard which is streaked with a shock of white of white right down the middle of it and his hair likewise is black but has a couple of little streaks of white through it so he looks like nothing so much as a very very grizzled mercenary skunk if you imagine a effectively a skunk or a badger that has been turned into a human that you're, you're looking at this he's got sort of very sort of worn leather armor and a relatively wicked looking bastard sword at his side he sits down there looks looks at her and then you know reaches into the basket and takes out a couple of small satchels and puts them in the folds of his cloak and then he gives back what appears to be a small box, a small wooden box, and slips that into the basket instead. She, this entire time, is just holding her arm out. He then gives her essentially a dismissive little, you know, you know, get out of here uh, noise, like he's, you know, shooing a dog. And then she just, yeah, turns and hurriedly walks back into the crowd. And you see by her trajectory that she is, in fact, unless there's any doubt, going towards where, you know, the Tenderly residence is. Well, now she's done the handoff and... She'll go back with the box. Yes. It'll be safe for her. So I think we just bushwhack this guy. I'll follow the halfling okay. to take care of our hooded skunk. Mm-hmm. Pepe Le Pew going down. Is the idea to kill him or to I steal? Think, I think steal, give him a bit of a beating, maybe get some information out of him. Do you want to try to pickpocket him or do you want to try to assault him? I prefer to pickpocket rather than assault. Okay. You have the sleight of hand, so if you think you can do that, I'll go in as backup then, in case it goes sour. So so the goal is to pickpocket. If he spots you and attacks, yeah. then you'll jump so in. So he's still got the basket? No, no, he's taken he's something from the basket and, yeah. and, 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 and exchanged it for something which is now in the basket well you saw the box and now he's making quick steps so you try to I'll keep my distance with my crossbow sort of hidden under the folds of my cloak okay ready to you know if things go wrong shoot him in the foot or whatever okay that makes perfect sense fantastic so Um, so I want to do a totally stealth pickpocket type thing so that he never sees anybody kind of thing Absolutely. Oh, well, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So you... So stealth first of all... And then slide of hand or just slide of hand? Honestly, yeah, it, it would be. So you can definitely give me another stealth check. Still with advantage because he's moving away rather quickly. Good. 
Everyone advantage me. Uh, 22. Okay, you walk straight up behind him and he does not give the barest hint that he's recognized your presence. Now, sleight of hand. With advantage? No, just, just, just regular. You do have inspiration, however. I liked your role playing in the tavern. You will have inspiration for yes. that. Yes. Thank you, gods. That's better. Hey, you just rolled a 2 and a 15 and a 2 and a 15. 20. 20. That's it. You. How much do you want to take from him? Because with that roll, I will let you take a very nice looking gilded dagger mm-hmm. that he has lovingly strapped to his upper middle of his back. Mm-hmm. You can also steal his coin purse and you can also steal the two satchels that he took from the basket. Yep, done. All, so you take all of it. Why yep. not? Why not? You take his belt. Uh, so you so you take all of that and then you, I imagine, quickly make your way back to your friends. Yep. Great. As he's walking, the one thing that you don't take, simply because he was going to reach for it, and so he would very immediately know that it was missing, was a small vial, which you assume is a potion of some kind, which mm. he has in his, instead of the front of his belt. He has a, a little bandolier there. So, But you notice with uh, some interest that he takes out a vial and drinks it really quickly and then is invisible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then yeah. just, and he when, he, when he becomes invisible and slightly beforehand, he kind of goes into his own version of stealth. Like he starts to just walk quietly. Can I actually say, as well as a part of this that I try to make it look as if like I unpick his pocket almost to make it look as if it could have fallen out. Oh, I see what you mean. So kind really of really embarrass him to his mates. So make it look as though it really has just fallen off, like yeah. his his belt has snapped or something. Yeah, that's right. Rather than he's been, you know what? You, you got a twenty, so absolutely that's fine. Awesome. But you what you notice that he moves like a cat when he yeah. when he goes to move, and you're actually quite thankful that you didn't attack him. Mm. You you feel that he's quite a skilled individual, probably a bit too skilled to be doing a random pickup in an alleyway unless what he was picking up was very important so he takes that and takes an invisibility potion and then invisibility does not confer silence but he is gone to your perception he's absolutely gone Okay, interesting. With the coin purse, how many coinages are in there? Right, so first of all, he has 123 gold. Mm-hmm. Had. Had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Operative word there. I assume you make your way back to your companions before you investigate the satchels, or do you want to do straight away? I do, no, yeah. No, I would open that up in a safe place. Okay. So, yeah, Jez rejoins you. We cut then to Lyle, who is following, I don't know, Mrs. Timberley, we'll say, until you find out otherwise. So she just makes really, really quick steps to her home, and you can see... That she pauses for a moment as a small group of City Watch mm-hmm. starts to m- make their way, you know, up the end of the street. You know, a little motley crew of City Watch, a dwarf, two humans, and you think an elf going by their slender frame. And you can just see it. You can see on her face that she's considering it. She's looking mm-hmm. at the City Watch. She's like, she takes a couple of deep breaths and then just kind of shakes her head like she's talking herself out of it and then goes to her front door. I would like the opportunity to draw up next to her. You can, easily. She pauses there for a good few seconds. Excellent. So seeing as she's weighing the consequences up my mind. Yes. Would it be presumptuous of me to introduce myself? She goes, whoo! <laughs> she, she's startled. <laughs> really startled. She says, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I've never... Oh, um, uh, pardon me, sir. Pardon me. Am I in your way? Not at all. My name is Lyle. Uh, would I be correct in assuming that you are Mrs. Timberley? Uh, yes, Brendeth. Brendeth Timberley. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I'm an adventurer, and my understanding is that you might have somewhat work. Uh, no, sir, I, I, I certainly do not. I, I don't know you need Some any... unwanted house guests? <laughs> okay, she pauses and goes as white as icing sugar for a second and leans in and says, Please don't do anything. They're very dangerous. They said that they'd kill all of us. They have my, they have my son, Penton. I see. How many... Let's walk and talk. I, I, I must be back inside my house very quickly. Here's why we're walking. All right, then. 
so so with that she starts to walk along a little, a little bit but but she what she does is she drops her basket and then she you know kind of st- takes her time picking up the what you see is actually just you know fruit and goods you know baked goods and whatnot which she's very very slowly inspects and puts back in the basket so she can have a good chat with you Brendan, I see the way that you're looking at the watch. I see the people that you're dealing with. We're dealing with a Centaurum, a reputation that they have acquired is by no means false. She nods and just, she doesn't say anything, but she she continues to look pale and scared and gives you a fervent nod. You have to know that leaving this, ignoring this, until such time as they are done with you, is going to result in an end, not just for yourself, but also for your family. All right, all right. So, okay, okay. So we take up the the bottom two floors. The woman, the one that's in charge, uh, she's uh, a um, terrible woman, and uh, she's, well, uh, I think some kind of spellcaster. Uh, she doesn't wear no armor, and she has a wicked-looking wand that she occasionally threatens people with. I haven't seen her cast no magic, but um, my impression is that she's a wizard or something. She has my Pendeth in her room, won't let him out, and some of us are allowed outside, but so there's me, my husband, my son Pendeth, and then uh, my younger sister. They have an entrance in the sewers, and we, uh, well, we used to be brewers, and so we have a couple of larger rooms in our basement, which, which they've taken over and they're starting to use, and they have made for themselves a sort of a secret entrance into the sewers, which they come and go by, and they store lots of, I don't know what it is, I think it's contraband of some kind, sort of drugs or something, but occasionally I'll hear them drag someone in, and then, you know, I think... I mean, I think they've got some kind of an interrogation room down there as well, or they're using it as such. I hear some screams and wails, and then every once in a while I hear this roar like a monster. Anyway, I don't know what's going on down there because we haven't been allowed down into the basement level since they came, but uh, they mostly stay away from our bedrooms. We're allowed in there. I always have a guard at the door. As much as they come and go, there's normally at least three in there at any one time. Uh, that woman never leaves. She's always upstairs, taking over the master bedroom. Uh, sometimes she'll go downstairs, but she never leaves entirely. Unless she goes out through the sewer entrance. I'm not sure about that. But anyway, there's a couple of others that are in there also. They're all human. And there's her. Uh, there's another woman who wears uh, quite a sort of heavier armor. Seems to be some kind of bodyguard or thug. She's a scary looking one. Uh, and then there's this lad who's uh, just very, really creepy looking. Dresses like an assassin or something. Mm. All right, so... Very quickly, we're dealing with some sort of wizard, assassin, fighter. Oh, and I have a couple of them snakes, those wicked snakes. One's purple and one's green. And every once in a while, they'll let it out the window and it'll fly away. I see. The wizard never leaves, but the assassin and the fighter. They always come and go by the sewer, but I, I know for a fact they're they're gone. I can hear the door sliding. Whenever it's used, it's a big it's a big noise. Right, out of game. Uh, this is still in Troll Skull Alley. Yes, yes correct. Excellent. T- towards the outskirts, but yes, All definitely. Right. So I imagine we're approaching the door by now. Oh yeah, and but... I want to reconnoiter back with these uh, back with the with the locks. All right. So she gets to the door and says, "I'm trusting that you won't make this worse, but I don't think it can be. So you have my permission to try whatever you think will work." Blessings of time or be on us both. And as I clasp her hand, mm-hmm. I'm conveying guidance, which lasts up for a minute, in the eventuality Ooh. that she has to persuade someone that everything went fine. Perfect. That's great. That's awesome. Wonderful. So she, she takes your hand and holds it very warmly, nods, and then with that, she goes inside the uh, goes inside the house. Are you nearby when she gets to the house, or are you keeping your distance even from keeping the, the distance? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, you can see the windows are shuttered up and the, the curtains are drawn. Nevertheless, you no one. If no one needs to catch a glimpse of you, then all the better. Exactly. So, with that, you regain your two companions. So, lock, lock twins. While this is while this is happening, uh, let's perhaps have a little scene when you two meet up. And start making your way to Lyle. Uh, what do you say? Oh yeah, he uh, he had these 
things. And she kind of just like opens up her, her satchel bag thing and says, not bad, score. Got yeah, a knife very good. You got the money, you got the money too. Excellent. Your years on the rough streets have served you well. Nadia, that dagger is very well balanced. Mm-hmm. Very well balanced indeed. Tell me about the dagger, Tom. Well, uh, Perfectly balanced, as all things should be. Indeed. Uh, so you are very much of the opinion that it could in fact be magical. How would, does one normally determine how magical objects work? Well... What they are... So frankly... Apart from stabbing someone with it. I was going to say, just stab a few people with it, yeah. I can be of some help, though. Okay. Oh, excellent. All right. Well, I'll, I'll be sure to show it to Lyle when he's around. So I will tell I will tell you, even though Jez is not aware, that it, that it is a uh, an enchanted dagger. It's a plus one dagger. Ooh. Let me have a look at it. No, it's mine. <laughs> Get your filthy hands off it. I wrestle with her for it. <laughs> Which would be hilarious. All right, grapple check. No, it's just a really quick dexterous check to see who gets it. What am I? What am critical fail. So it's a, it's I critical a, failed. So you try. You well, try let's to. Let's just assume I win. <laughs> oh, definitely. So you try to snatch it. You you pull it out of the way so expertly and so delayed that you actually lean forward and almost stumble uh, and look silly. So with all that, right, <laughs> keep it. I guess. <laughs> well thieved. Well. Well, thieves. Let's have a look at the rest of this garbage. I'll have a look at what he's got there. Okay, then. Uh, what you pick up is that it appears to be some kind of plant. It's some kind of black, sort of mulchy... It honestly looks like... Uh, imagine black canned spinach. Yes. Is it drugs? You you think it could... You Actually, you know what? You are criminals. Yeah, we'd be passing it. Yeah, and so you know for a fact that this is almost certainly uh, one of the plants that are used in the concoction of Dream Mist. Which is a very potent, very, very illegal, obviously, narcotic. It's kind of a combination of hallucinogen and... Like, the name says it all. And yeah. like and like, opium. But all but also like it, it's not a downer, it's a it's a it's like speed, but uh-huh. where, where you hallucinate. It's 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 a, so it's actually very dangerous. So okay, is there any medicinal benefit of this at all? If you mix it with another ingredient, it can become a very potent poison. Well, okay, med- when I say medicinal, I meant like Oh sorry, potentially other. good. No, it's it's all bad. It's okay. all bad. This would be good if we need to poison anything large, but yes. Hang on to this. So it looks like they're using them as drug runners. They're just runners in general. Yeah, perhaps. Well, they don't have their own underlings? What a useless bunch of gits. I don't like this, the drugs. You know, there's there's nothing good about them. I say we get rid of them completely. I say we keep it, not to flog to anyone, but, you know, who knows when we might need to poison something large. I don't know, say a beholder or something. They keep it, we agree not to turn it into drugs and not to smoke it, but we may turn it into poison. How does that sound? Yeah, all right, maybe. But we're putting it somewhere safe, you know? Yes. It's running around our place at the moment. (laughs) Yes, and that half, and that little gnome too. That's true. All right. Well, let's meet up with Lyle then, see what he thinks. Yes. You meet Lyle on the street. Lyle, you see the Lock Twins. Uh, Jez is proudly grinning, grin on her face, I imagine, displaying her wares that she has pilfered from this shadowy skunk man. Mm-hmm. That's, his, that's his real name now. Shadowy yep. Skunk Man. She starts twirling the dagger around in her hands. That looks like things went well. Pretty well, I'd say, yeah. And I don't even b- think he has any idea he's, uh, he's been robbed. Well, Either way, he looked like a right idiot. <laughs> right gear. <laughs> I can't wait till his pants fall off and he's invisible because he won't be able to find them. <laughs> <laughs> How does that work, Tom? When your pants leave really... your body, they become visible. <laughs> 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 There's a guy walking That's... around with no pants, and it kept like in the middle of a crowded market, pants just sticking on the floor. That's, the that's city guard is called because they're like, okay, there's a flasher around, <laughs> we can't see him. 
or it's not they think pervert getting around invisible with no pants. Or they think that the pants are extra planar <laughs> and have just appeared. You know, maybe they're demon pants or something. <laughs> they're, they're cordoned off. <laughs> Corduroyed off. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's pretty good. So yes. you relate to us the story, presumably. And exactly then, that. Uh, let's ambush the two that leave in the sewer. Give them a thorough feathering, and then um, move, make our way up, divide and conquer. You know your way around the um, the sewers and so forth. Yeah. We also have our own personal entrance into the sewers. Oh, if it isn't the adventures of Nick and the two sewer rats, have this happen? <laughs> well, that sounds like a plan to me. You you definitely know the sewers under here. That's for sure. How do we make this a permanent solution for them, though? Apart from relocating them, the Zents are always going to know where they are. There seems to be something that the Zent that the Timberleys have that the Zents want. It may just be a strategic location on their house. Perhaps a statement. I mean, obviously the halflings aren't going to go around killing them. Perhaps if we kill them, and I don't know something grisly like string the bodies up in the sewers of the next Zents who come along get the message. I hardly blame the halflings. The halflings could have done it. We've also brought the heat of the Zentarum down upon this alley just yesterday. I tell you what, why don't we dress up as... As members of the Zentarum? As that of yes. The exact opposite, like a counter-strike. As far as they know, the Zents robbed the Xanathar Guild. This could be simply be seen as retaliation. Let's pile the bodies up and draw a big old eye on them in the sewer. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to do it, but we could pay some. No. <laughs> I wouldn't imagine that you would do it there. But uh, let's just keep this, get this feud up to fever pitch. Maybe we'll get lucky and a bunch of bastards will kill each other. We can all have a nice smoking ale. I'd rather not have a feud between the Xanathar and the Zantara in my backyard, especially when I'm trying to open a business. I feel that ship may have already <laughs> left the harbor. I agree. I mean, long before we started getting involved, we're just escalating matters. As far as we have intervened, the only time that someone has suffered directly in this area, in this alley, has been uh, one Zantara noble and uh, his two companions, one of which they've got away. Well, then perhaps Perhaps we disappear the bodies, something we can definitely manage, and we just leave an eye in the sewer, like a painted eye sigil, just so when the ne- next Zent comes crawling along, wondering where did my best buddies go, Mysterian eye. It doesn't necessarily point it to this place per se, just that they were taken from this place. Stay I, out. I think it's a good end solution. And it also leaves the halflings completely out of the loop. I don't know about that though. It's the best we it, can. It's we should also move them. But it, it's worth noting that once the once the halflings are rescued effectively and they will be then presumably free to go then to the city watch and explain yes. the situation yes. and then and then the city watch will be aware of the fact that this all went down yes. and so that that place will no longer I mean whether the Zen seek once retribution we the, yeah once we yeah. bring the heat down but the retribution will be aimed as a Xanathar not the halflings mm. hopefully in that situation yes especially right. with the guarded city watch we can also put a runner on the door too for a while we have mooks for that kind of business indeed well for now, can I ask, uh, is your, is step, it sounds like step one of this plan is going to be preparing for yourselves some Xanathar disguises, is that right? Yep. Okay. I mean, I'm just going to get the equivalent of a Nico and just draw a bunch of eyes on my face really mm. crudely. Okay, so you can, so you can, uh, so Jez, uh, do you, w- would you be, um, so who has a disguise kit? Does anyone have a disguise kit? I thought you had one as a charlatan. I don't think that I've got one. Nick, you had the charlatan background, correct? I have the charlatan background. Oh, you no, had no, the charlatan. I have the urchin background. No, I have the charlatan background. Yes, that yes. comes with a disguise kit. Yes. So, so, so I will just... You're going to put a fake tattoo on yourself? Yes, sir. I also have one. Oh, great. Well, in that case, then, shall we uh, put some fake... Uh, you know, eye tattoos, and is, there is a clothes seller 
that is in, in this alleyway right now where you can buy a couple of purple bits of attire. I mean, a, a purple, three purple cloaks will do it. The, the color scheme of the Xenathar is purple uh, and gold. And so. we've seen enough people with the silly eye tattoos that we could easily imitate it. Just Indeed. remember that the Xenathar typically employ what could be considered as monstrous races. That's true. They do have, you know... Well, I mean, she pretty much fits the bill there. <laughs> they do have humans, elves, and dwarves as well, yeah. but, you know, it's completely up to yourself. Remember, the disguise isn't as important as the message that left. We're unlikely to be witnessed in this act, well, but, you know, if one should escape, good to know. All right, then. While you're sourcing disguises, and while Jazz is... Jazz, what will you be up to? I guess I'm getting a makeover. <laughs> I guess so. I might take the opportunity to see if I can identify more of the Timberleaves. Okay. It might be useful to get an idea as to what they look like for also disguise purposes. Okay, sure, sure. Well, so she goes back into the house, and as much as you are aware of the fact that they are allowed to leave sometimes, you don't know whether that will be very often, mm. and whether or not they'll be coming out again even today, for example. Mm. So with them being behind closed and clo- and uh, hidden doors, you're not sure whether you'll be able to catch eyes on any other Timberleaves. You can certainly ask people. You can certainly... Uh, I mean, they're local they're residents, boys. so if you wanted to ask, I guess, uh, one of your urchin kids or someone yes. you trust... Um, uh, Asking around, especially uh, making use of the ocean kids, is probably the best way to do it. Okay, great. So we'll say perhaps we have a little montage of you meeting up with the kids and asking them effectively to describe the Timberlees. So, yeah. Can I also get names on the husband and the sister, please? Yes, you certainly can. First of all, the husband is named Humley, Humley. and the sister is named Sarah. Humley and Sarah. And you come to learn that the husband, similar to, to Brandeth, has essentially got, you know, grey hair, mm-hmm. wick, wicked mutton chops, a very, the, the very model of, a, uh, of an ageing halfling. Little Pendeth has got uh, supposedly curly blonde locks. And is any sort of, you know, a young man, but a yeah. man. And uh, the sister, uh, once again, you know, l- looks very similar to her her uh, her sister, to Brendeth. So Humley usually, it sounds like, leaves as well. Yes. Pendeth, on the other hand, never leaves because he's the hostage of nothing else. Yes. So if I can get the urchins to figure out with whom Humley does business as a brewer, that mm-hmm. might give me some ideas as to where to haunt so that I can get a good, a decent look at him. So what you what, what you determine is that at least at least today they will not be coming out of the house okay, because, of, because of the infrequency of it. Sure. Uh, also, the the uh, Timberleys used to be brewers. They're no longer, they're no longer brewers. It's kind of a family oh. business and that's why the house was chosen because they have a nice, like, large, secure basement probably mm. with a couple of sections that makes a, a great a great layer. Okay. Uh, but they are, they are no longer brewers. They are they are pretty much retired. Then so good. Okay then. So, you three, I guess you go down into the sewers before you put on the Xanathar get up so, so as not to to alarm the general populace and then are you just going to make your way through the sewers then to see if you can find the entrance to this uh, secret lair yes great alright then so you can either go through your your sewer entrance that is in the basement of Trollskull Manor or you can just go down a random manhole cover nearby whatever you whatever you choose it's so, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles this boat between going to the sewers but you're talking about going through the manhole random manhole cover you are soon in the sewers. What time are we doing this? That's a good. That's, that's a really good question. I mean, right now it's about midday, so probably not going out through the sewers then. So, what time are we supposed to be meeting Nevercott? Mid afternoon. Mid afternoon. Okay, cool. If we're talking, if we want to do this before Nevercott, so as to pull focus away from the contents of the documents. Yep. Then we need to go now, and probably it's going to have to be through our secret entrance. All right, let's do that. That's fine. Okay, using making use of your secret entrance, you go down into the sewers and follow the trajectory until eventually you get to where. 
you know is the underneath of the Templar's estate. So with that, with advantage, of course, you'll be searching around for a secret door, which presumably will be hidden. So, yep. can you give me a investigation or perception check? I will percept. I percept good. 20. That, 20 perceptings, Tom. That will find it. So, so you find it. It's a, it's a secret door. Like many secret doors, it is uh, unlocked because, you know, it's hard to make a keyhole and so forth. It relies on it being undetected as opposed to unassailable. Okay, we don't know necessarily the layout of the place or the number of people that are in there at the moment, but we are, between us, all quite stealthy people. Yes. Do we want to just go in and do some reconnoitering? Yeah. I think I would rather wait and stay out here and shoot the first person that comes out. But if I'm outvoted, then I'm outvoted. Well, I'm happy to go and reconnoiter. In which case, I'll convey uh, Trix's blessing. So you have advantage on stealth checks. Mm-hmm. All right. Great. Roll an 18 and then a 19. Oh my. Oh, advantage right. working for you. Yeah. I just rolled an 8. 26 for me. Now you have, in, you have inspiration. Do you want to use it to get a better stealth check? Well, it depends what you do, because if two out of three of us <laughs> that's do... Yeah. That's true. It is a group stealth check. Let's see how loud... Uh, All right, fair enough. 12, I might use inspiration from that then. Okay. Uh, 15. 15, okay. Yep. So you slide the door open. It makes a slight... You realise that by default the door is quite noisy when it opens, so you take extra care to open it very, very slowly. So as you carefully make your way into the shadowed basement, you can see that the only light coming from within is a flickering torch on the wall in a small sconce. You can smell straight away the pungent odour of a drug lab. It very much is clearly what this is being used for. You smell the the mixing ingredients of black lotus and dream mist and even the more innocuous pipe weed. Although you imagine it could very well be pipe weed that is laced with stronger stuff. So as you walk in, you can see that there is, first of all, a large square room cloaked in shadow, as mentioned. Luckily, because that's what you're using to sneak in, because you can see that there are, in fact, two people that are within here right now. You can see that there is a tall, sort of spiky-haired, red-headed woman who is dressed in chainmail armor and has a very large great axe resting on the table in front of her. She currently is uh, whittling away at a piece of wood in front of her, carving something. Just sort of sits there looking completely oblivious to the fact that you're in there. Sitting across from her, you can see working on the drug lab, essentially using a, a little, a couple of the laboratory beakers and vials and so forth. His back is to you, but he looks like... Uh, you know, essentially a tall, thin man who is dressed in black leather armor. He has a coat and a bow and arrow and a couple of swords, but they're not on him. Um, yeah. They're just, you know, resting on a, t- on a chair nearby. And he is currently working on the drug lab with his back to you. She is facing you, but you're stealthed in the shadows. He can't see you. Being human, mm-hmm. she's in dark vision. You're in darkness. The torch on the wall beside them is uh, deliberately far away from the ingredients on the table. So there you go. So conceivably, if, we, if the woman, this is the... The presumed wizard type. Well, she's dressed in chainmail armor and looks rather okay. large and fearsome. Then no. So yeah. she's probably not that one. You, your understanding is that the wizard mostly resides in the uh, master bedroom upstairs. Then all we really need to do is be able to distract her, and that seems straightforward enough. There's a door presumably in this room. Yes. Sorry, just to finish. So there's the main square room that you're in now. Yeah. You can see that coming off of it. There are two other very large, sturdy oak wooden doors, which lead to smaller rooms. One of them looks like it has been set up as a bit of a interrogation room. There is a table that has manacles on it, and you can see the bloodstains on it from here. Thankfully, there is nobody present right now being questioned, but uh, the grim purpose of this room is evident. Across from that, you can see that there are barrels and sacks 
Mm-hmm. So presumably this is a rather large drug hall. There are also some stone stairs that lead up to a hatch you can see on the top. So that would presumably lead to the uh, you know kitchen or li- living quarters upstairs. I think we get these two while we are. Yeah, I'll quietly think we get these two while they're separated. We get the drop on them and uh, put them out of commission. Take them one at a time, so much the better. So we just need her out of the room, and that's achievable. If actually, do you have anything before I put forward? No. Cool. Now, to be clear, how are you communicating this? Are you just kind of doing sign language? We're gonna have to come probably back down towards where the secret area is and whisper it. Yeah. So you left the door open. You didn't risk closing it behind you in case, yes. first of all, you need to make a quick exit. And yeah, secondly, yeah. there's more noise when you close it. So yeah. for now, you yeah. can we, we can say that you go, okay, cool. I'll let you keep the same stealth check, but you you, you back off into the yeah. sewers again. All right. I can trigger the door either opening uh, or slamming mm-hmm. gently, suddenly. That at the very least should get the bodyguard out of the way. Hopefully it also gives you enough time to secure any weapons that the other one doesn't have to hand. And then we can deal with him very effectively, I feel. We can even lock them out as well. <laughs> If we draw them through that door, lock it and door spike it, yeah. and it's locked outside for a little bit. It does, but what do we do after that? Laugh. Okay. <laughs> I feel like that's not going to go well for the Timberlies. <laughs> no. It's I, the- think we, I think we shoot them both, and we just get in there and kill them both. I think we, with the surprise round, we should be able to take her out before she can even act. Hmm. Is your Easier con- said than done, that's very presumptuous. Do you have any concern that that might cause enough noise for the wizard to hear upstairs and thereby exact her threat of executing poor Pendeth. That is my chief, that is my chief concern, yes. Not if we're quick and deadly. Well, we could try to do this at the same time. As much as I don't like to split the party, you guys could try and take all, whoever looks to be like the biggest threat could try to take one together and then the other secure him at the same time until the others can rejoin. You also have the option of attempting uh, it's fair that I give you the rule, just you know, just in case it wasn't clear. You do have the option, while still sticking to the shadows, of attempting to stealth past them and actually sneak upstairs. Get the wizard first. Hmm. I don't particularly like, like the idea of leaving enemies at our back. However, it might be the safest route for the young boy. I agree. So, I ask you, do you want to make some sort of attack on these two here, or are you going to try to stealth upstairs? I will tell you that a battle in the sewers is very unlikely to be heard upstairs. And, you know, depending on how it goes down, a quick assassination in this room might be unheard, but there is definitely a risk. And, of course, but but having said that, though, also, if you wanted to try to stealth upstairs, you certainly could. Everyone cast their votes, I guess. Okay, Jez, fight them down here or sneak upstairs first? Yep, so I, I cast my vote for sneaking upstairs. Okay, well. I think sneaking upstairs serves us better than trying to uh, fight where the numbers aren't in our favour. Okay, two votes for upstairs, unfortunately, Nick. You're outvoted regardless of what your choice would have been. I shoot her in the foot, thereby negating the necessity <laughs> of a vote. <laughs> No, that's snake. Very reasonable. Okay, so I will now... Now, because the fact that you are it's aware a different of where snake, they are... Yeah. It is a different snake. Mm-hmm. It's a different snake. That's All right, bad so name. guidance. And Ooh. you still have advantage, uh, Nadia. Oh, cool. 13. 18. So, 18. And what did you get, Jess? 26. Wow. Halfling okay. luck comes to the fore as I rolled a 1. And instead get a 19. <laughs> It's just, it, of course it is, right? So you, you, you're about to step on something and then you overcorrect and almost do a quick little tumble and manage to skip forward really qu- really quietly somehow. Yes, somehow. somehow, despite the fact that none of that is quiet. <laughs> exactly. So with that, I will allow you to open the hatch silently. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, it is well oiled uh, and you make your way upstairs. So you find yourself in a small halfling kitchen. 
It is mostly stone. The foundations of this are very much stone on the ground floor. Yep. Uh, obviously, then escalating to wood and plaster and so forth are from there. Can we hear any sounds of people moving about upstairs? In, in fact, you can you can hear right out the kitchen door. And this is sort of a combination of kitchen and pantry, by the way. There is the lingering smell of something that was perhaps cooked for breakfast. You know, you can still smell the after effects of bacon and eggs and so forth. Maybe even second breakfast, because they are halflings. You can actually hear some uh, clicking and clattering coming from directly outside so presumably the common room uh, if it matches the layout of most houses right. with that stealth check I'll also allow you just to get to the door and open it and have a look out is there also an opportunity to fasten the hatch yeah oh, very much so I mean, it, it opens up you can just, you could roll a barrel onto it or something I'm going to do that okay great so you roll a very heavy barrel of flour on top of the hatch uh, you can even move the corner of a large heavy oak wooden table you do that very slowly yeah so as to not make much uh, much right. sound but no no if you, if you take it time you take a good five minutes you can soon have that hatch really no one's coming up that hatch peering outside the door to the kitchen you can see there is a small common room it's very nice very quaint furniture is largely halfling size but they do account for human guests it would seem because there are some larger couches that are lining the walls uh, you can see in fact that there is no less than three people all sitting down having a late breakfast including of course uh, uh, Brandeth who you met before and the people that you assume to be her husband and sister. They all look a little glum, but they're not scared. They're in their home. This has obviously become routine for them now, but they are just essentially finishing up the remains of a second breakfast. Do these Zents know about second breakfast? I don't know. They Thankfully, they can make it for themselves. I mean, the Zents probably have them make them second breakfast by now. I thought. So you see no sign of anybody else. But of course, from within there, you can see there are wooden stairs that lead upward. Now, I have an opportunity here. I can see uh, the members of the family yes. pre-handedly. Well, stealth has been getting us this far, but just while the doors are closed and everything's stout and um, fastened, I can make myself look like one of the members of the family. With a disguise kit, you could do a very good homely. You're of similar proportions. Good idea. Ways in which we can get to the uh, top floor, I presume, through the common room? Well, yes, the stairs lead up, up the stairs. to the so top floor. we are going to go past them. And yes. you, if you're disguised, you can just knock on the door, she'll open it, you walk in, and we both... Ah. Alternatively, is there some sort of um, window, other means of exit from the kitchen? There, there is a window that leads out to the, leads out to an alleyway. So potentially, we could also try and climb the outside. You could ab- absolutely. Well, someone's good. good. Most certainly, no, def- definitely cl- climbing up on the outside is, is most definitely an option. All right, Jez, Nick, how about this? We keep the stealth going. If I disguise myself as the halfling, take a dish up for um, for Pemberley. <laughs> With the intention of delivering that for second breakfast, that gets her attention and allows one or both of you to uh, make your way, say, through a window or something like that. Right, let's do it. Sounds good. All right. We'll climb out. And we can do this really cool mirrored scaling thing where we both climb up in unison. Oh, great. So you two climb so you, so you climb out, out outside, of course, and you, you're going to scale the... Yeah. Okay, great. That's awesome. It's not terribly difficult, So, but, but give me a athletics check. Acrobatics? No, it would be athletics. athletics. Yeah. No. Untrained then? You still have guidance from me. Oh, yes. Well, it's okay. I'm pretty sure I've still got 16 plus strength, which is neg 115. Okay, that's not too bad. And Jess? Might as well roll the d4. Only eight for me. Okay. You still do it, but you you know, you know climb a bit more awkwardly. Uh, how, what did you get overall, Nick? Well, in the end, 16, 15 plus 3, uh, 18. 18. Great. So because yours is so secure, uh, I will say that you can actually even help Jez up a little bit, much to her embarrassment. As you climb all the way upstairs, you actually realize that you have two options. From 
from the ledge outside, you realize that there is a window that leads into the, the end of the wooden hallway upstairs. So if you wanted to stick it out into the hallway, you could. Also, you see the, the window to what pretty much looks like the master bedroom, just going by the fact that there's two windows, so internally it seems to be the biggest of the two. And with that, because you're climbing up on the outside, you can actually just sort of peer in mm. through the, the shuttered windows, and with a little bit of a sneaky peek, you can in fact see that there is a sort of a curly blonde-haired halfling lad of maybe early 20s or so who is bound, yeah. bound to a chair, and you can see that there is a woman in black robes and she's got short, uh, not, sort of shoulder length black hair, which is streaked with a little bit of gray and a very sort of gaunt, lean, uh, sort of sharp featured face. And she is pouring over, honestly, what looks like a spell book. Okay. So hanging there, I'll basically be hanging like this, one mm -hmm. hand with a crossbow. So hanging with one hand with a crossbow. I shall twimpse myself around so okay. I have a peep for myself to see. And I will then await the uh, basically ready to shoot her okay. as soon as you make your scene. That's Okay. Jez, do you want to ready likewise an attack on the moon? Uh yes. With your crossbow? Mm hmm Okay. Sounds good to me. So it looks cool then if we're both hanging yeah, the mirrored on either side of the window. Alright, so the two of you ready? Crossbow bolt pointed inwards, ready to go through the window at this woman. And then... So I'm going to use that time in order to best effect a disguise. Great. All you and need to do, because you have sideburns. Do you have sideburns? Yes. Great. So all you need to do is just make them a little bit longer and color them gray. Color mm. your, do your hair gray. Make yourself a bit wrinkled. Do a bit of the aging thing. There's no one else in the common room except for the halflings, yes? Correct. All right. In which case, I will open the door and in halfling, whisper something for Brenda so as that she can uh, get her attention. Then I flash the symbol of Timora. Oh, great. So as to let her know that, you know, it's me, Lyle. Great. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. So she looks up with a start and then her eyes fall upon the holy symbol. And then she looks at you and sort of looks really curious and then sort of just just nods and, and then holds her finger over her lips to indicate to her two family members that are now looking at her with uh, puzzled expressions. Right. And then she just kind of, you know, gives them a placating gesture with their hands as if to say, okay, no, it's fine, it's fine. As you... as you Be cool, guys, be cool. Yeah. Now, two things. Yes. I am taking whatever it is that Homily is wearing at the moment, okay. some sort of tunic or overcoat or something like that. To he, he has a regular green tunic, yeah. Excellent. So that'll be over the top of my armor. Nice. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he gladly gives it to you. Yeah. S sits there in his underwear. Yeah, and then take a uh, bowl of um, whatever it is that they're eating. Yes. And uh, it's uh, bacon, eggs, and essentially some nice sort of baked muffins. How much of it gets upstairs? <laughs> Looks pretty good. Oh, yeah, I haven't eaten. No, uh, have you had second breakfast today? I have not had second breakfast, so <laughs> I, I never want to get then refill it. <laughs> You're just like, hmm. Meanwhile, we cut to the lock twins still, <laughs> still, still <laughs> waiting impatiently, hanging out the window, just being like, My, this looked cool, but now I'm getting crap. <laughs> I will... Mouth, something along the lines of bloody halflings. Okay, so seriously, from across the way, you look because you're on level two right now, and this is next door to. Okay, so you see, you see a well-to-do toddler. You see Tabitha. No. You see Tabitha, and she is, she is on the roof, and she's just, she's on the roof. She shouldn't be on the roof. This kid. And this kid. So she's in her nightgown once again, and she has her little robotic horse. It, it, it's like a, it's it, essentially like, a, like a, a, an animated toy like, like it's a construct toy what social class would you say this toddler is? oh she's well to do she's a well to do toddler and once again 
she looks like a little halfling Shirley Temple. She's little, she's little, she's plump. She's maybe a foot and, a foot and a bit tall because she's a halfling and she's, and she's about five, four or five years old at most. No, she's like three or four. That's a toddler. Yeah, about three years old. Really, really, really curly, blondy red hair, and she's just clutching her toy, looking at you with such excitement. There's, there's a huge grin on her face, on her little cherub face. All right. So I haven't met her before, so I will just raise an eyebrow, a questioning eyebrow at Jez, like. Now, Jez, you are fairly certain that little Tabitha should not be on the damn roof of the opposing building. <laughs> but, you know, that's where she is. Well, there's nothing I can really do about it. Can you shoot a couple of warning arrows at her? I'm not going to shoot at a toddler. Either. Fine, I'll shoot at a toddler then. She, she waves at you excitedly. A friend of yours? Not really. We have such a good influence. She seems to know you, sister. Well, listen. Why is she on help. the roof? I, listen, I don't have the answers you're looking for, but... She, she says, oh, what are you doing? She calls across. She's like, hey, which hand do you do that with? <laughs> one hand. I've got one hand. Yeah, one hand. So you, you, you shush with the crossbow hand. Okay, yeah. so she, she goes, oh, yes, yes. And just like holds her, holds her little horse in front of her mouth. But just, but just watches really excitedly. I really wish I still had a webbing arrow. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, I yeah. so wish I had used all of them. I know. You can go get some more. Maybe. You Not s- right you, now. No. So, Lyle, uh, you, make, you, you make your way upstairs. Yeah. You probably then I would have said, Holly, say the following. Uh, second breakfast is ready. Oh, uh, second breakfast is ready. All right. Second breakfast is ready. Wait, 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 All right. So, that's so you. Who's this big girl's blouse? <laughs> so, you get that, you get that half-long accent down and then you, you make your way upstairs. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. So you make your way upstairs, and uh, I mean, I, I guess you knock on the door. Yes, you hear a, a stern voice call from within. Second breakfast for my boy Pendeth. <sighs> He's already eaten. The faster he gets, the more rope I need to detain him. Poor boy's wasting away down there. He's not going to be a halfling anymore. He's going to be a quarterling. <laughs> Okay, she, she she puts she slams her book in frustration and you two uh, lock twin just sort of see her roll her eyes back so far <sighs> fucking half <laughs> and so she stands up so she stands up and she walks to the door quickly doesn't even really look at you you feel your disguise was almost wasted because she frankly just unlocks the door and then yeah. ha- sort of just half swings it open and she t- immediately turns her back to you and starts walking back to the desk that's very cool the, the members are perpetually having and being looked down upon and when they look down their nose at you they yes. only ever see the tops of their heads so I think as soon as we see her yeah. pretty much open the door to you yes it's it's on okay. it's arrow time so absolutely so I mean roll initiative obviously yeah. obviously she'll be surprised I'll tell you what I'll make a key on this one as I go I feign a stump Spill the stew over her robes. Uh, that turns her attention towards me, and that's great. That's awesome. Actually, I, li- I, li- I like that. Crit fail. I'm so distracted by that damn child on the roof. What are you doing? You are hidden. Don't forget, so you have advantage. No, that's for initiative. initiative. Oh, for initiative. Okay. So I mean, it still comes out to a four. Doesn't matter. You'll, you'll all still be going before her anyway, because she's yeah. surprised. So, what was your total score then? Four. Okay, so Nick is four. So Lyle is uh, sorry. Sixteen. Sixteen. And Jez. Ten. Okay. Oh my. I'm really confused about this. Everything to do with this topic. Okay, <laughs> her turn first. She does this. Oh, <laughs> as the stew goes all over her. Then it's Lyle. All right, with my hands free, I shall then make an attack with my dagger. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Lash out at her. I'm gonna. Oh, well, a 13 hit. It actually will hit because she is surprised and Ergo cannot use her reaction she to cast shield. So right. therefore you soundly strike her. Excellent. For six points. 
points of damage. Oh, nice. So you lash out with your dagger. She kind of half stumbles back. You cut through her robe and you think that you cut a little bit into her ribs. Like she's she's obviously quite tough and quite skilled. She reacts better than you would have hoped, but still, you, you give her a nice laceration. She's, yeah, she's in charge. She's exactly right. Uh, and she's in charge, so she's probably got some experience some behind her. Uh, but yeah, you slash her, you give her a nice uh, a little gash on the rib. That is then going to be Jez's turn. Okay, so... I'm going to probably take a shot first. Great. As an opener. Okay. Uh, so, a 16 to hit. Uh, eight damage. Your crossbow bolt shatters the window and goes inside, and she tries to dodge, reacting to the sound, but the, arrow, the crossbow bolt still sticks into her shoulder, and she just cries out an alarm and spins around, looking terribly confused. Uh, Nick. I'll give her a saucy wink. Okay. And launch one right at her. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, that's quite high. That's I mean, like 22 to hit or something. That's a free action to do a saucy wink. That's good. Only one per turn. Only one saucy wink per turn. Can't have it all going out. So, that's good. Solid roll there. Uh, 11 plus 3 is 14. 14 damage. Oh. As she turns around, your crossbow bolt catches her right between the eyes and she falls to the ground dead. Oh, wow. Yeah. Surprise round. Nice. <laughs> and, you know... At this level, that extra d6 from both of us is I mean, not She ain't level 1, but she's a wizard. You know, yeah. so she's not. Yeah. So she falls down to the ground. Uh, actually, Lyle, if you want to try and catch her quietly, yes. you can. I will absolutely try to do that if I can. The basement dwellers will not be able to hear this, by the way. Of course, the excitable toddler outside it just sort of sits there and goes, <gasps> Oh, are you, are you slain more villains? Um, I don't feel the child should be watching this. <laughs> so I have an idea okay. for the people downstairs. Mm-hmm. We can make our way back downstairs. We could ask them, so ask the Timberlees to make a kerfuffle, move the stuff off the trapdoor, and then surprise attack them as they... Absolutely. Yes. I like it. Perfect. At this point, all we need to do is cry out an alarm and generally raise a racket. You hear a voice calling from the other side of the building, like echoing up over the roof to... Tabitha! Tabitha, mm-hmm. please! You come here right now! Oh, but there's more villains to be slain! Tabitha, now! She just... <laughs> how do you keep getting out? So she, she just runs across the roof tiles and slips and falls a couple of times, but thankfully not to, you know, yeah. to, 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 to fall off the roof, just kind of to, to plop down awkwardly on top of the roof. And then just scrambles back, presumably, to her, uh, uh, you know, terif- terrified mother and or matron. So, uh, the three of you converge now in the common room. I suppose we'll cut the boy loose. I guess so. He's Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much. But is there a... Any- Save it for later. Okay, he pauses and then reaches down and, and has some floor bacon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just, just in case it goes foul later, I'll just loot the corpse really quickly. Okay, great. Sounds good to me. Mostly um, looking for documentation rather than, you know, bling bling. No, of course. Well, 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 okay, so she she has uh, uh, mostly silver, but it equates to the equivalent of 31 gold. Uh, in her who's got a track of gold this time, by the way? I think that is the I've one. got a fair uh, bit. Add a 31 to it then. She also has a scroll of Remove Curse. Okay, so add that to the... Bit of a recurring yeah. theme. I'm seeing that. And of course, on the table, likely the most valuable thing, frankly, is her, is her, uh, is her spell book. Yep, we'll nick that. Yeah. It's a black leathered tome. We now have Remove Curse times nine. Nice. Yeah. The, the other notable thing in this room is that there are two cages. Yep. And there are a, a couple of little scrolls and messages. Nothing that has been written down, but they are designed to be put onto the back of the snake's tails. There is one green snake and there is one black snake. Okay. We will just take everything that isn't tied down that doesn't belong to the hive for half. Leave, leave the snakes for the moment, but I think we've got an idea that we can supplement our ruse about this being the Xanathar. Great. Well, right. for now, I just want to loot her just in case we get chased off. Just I agree. Like, but there's no documentation that she has? Or yeah. If she's written down anything, she's likely sent it away on a snake or something. I think... 
I will not be gross, but I'll also disrobe her and take the clothes. That's okay. But she she has undergarments because you know we've played this game a few times. It would be useful to have actual Zed clothes as opposed to you know yeah. just black robes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, her her black robes are uh, they're they're nice. They're made of you know essentially sort of a silky texture, but they're nothing particularly identifying as Zentara. No, it doesn't hurt to have them. I think when you disrobe her though, yeah. you did, you see that she does in fact just just on the, on the back of her neck have a, have a tiny little black snake tattoo. Yep. All right. So good per the plan. Let's have the Timberleys go up into this room. We'll position ourselves downstairs and we'll just start creating a ruckus. Josie, you on board? Yep, sounds go. good. Get them out of the way. Okay. And much the same, if you want to go front man again. Can do. <laughs> so the three of you make your way and you converge in the kitchen. You, I, I guess you inform the Timberleys to go upstairs? Yes. Okay. So they were all looking at the door and Brenda says, well, why can't we just scarp her now? Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Get out. Go on. I mean, I'm grateful. I mean, <laughs> in fact, you don't even need to fight these villains on your own anymore. I can go and get the city watch. Come help you out. Uh, I think we'd prefer to handle this in-house, as it were. And if anyone asks, uh, it wasn't us. It was... Zanathar? Describe our appearance with the eyes. Focus on the eyes. Oh, I certainly will. It's very strange. Yes, that. People, black-robed, Xanathar guild. Give us 20 minutes, then call the guard. But yes, you get out of here for now. I don't know, for 20. What would you say, 20 minutes? I mean, I... uh... Ten. T- give us a couple of turns of the hourglass. <laughs> give sure. us a turn of the hourglass, and then <laughs> no, you can say vague amounts of time. No, yeah, just, give yeah. us a turn of the hourglass, and then right. call the city watch. You've done us well so far, so I'll trust you. They all, right. all just sit down and uh. say, "Pass the bread roll." <laughs> they just keep eating. No, <laughs> go. Oh, so with that they get up and then no, with that they go. sorry, I mean they go and then call the city watch in a, a gotcha. turn of the hour. Got gotcha. you. Okay, so they leave. They, yes. they they run free of the home, and soon they are across the way. It starts to rain more heavily now with the. They- gentle thrum on the rooftops. They have a table? Yes. So I guess we'll upend the table, have it against the wall. So you take cover behind the table? The trapdoor's right there, and I think... The other option is that we just attack them at the hatch. Well, I figure if we call them out of the hatch, then we can... If they're going to climb up. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely going to be disadvantaged. Mm. And it may even take them a few rounds to kind of get out of the trapdoor. And you can shank them from behind. I'm happy to do what? The trapdoor will open like this. Yep. Jez and I can fire at them, and you yep. can just reach round and give them a good reach round. Yep. Sounds like plan. <laughs> give them a good old reach yes. around. All I, right. I appreciate the spirit of it, if not the... <laughs> yeah, that's right. Give them a spirited reach around. Okay, so so with that then, you take cover behind the chair in the kitchen. You you up in the table in the kitchen and you take cover. enough noise. So, so Jez and Nick, you both take cover behind the... Well, I'm certainly going to. Jez, would you prefer to be on the front lines to uh, make, yeah. make Lyle not the only one? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So the two of you then go over to the hatch. I assume you you remove the obstructions. Yeah. Okay, and then you, what, make some noise? I, I guess you, it sounds like we already are. Okay. I mean, you could also, you know, if you're... I mean, I'm yeah, passing fair an invitation too. I, you know, I just, yeah. you know, one of us can imitate her, like... Absolutely. Oi, what do you think you're doing coming into our house like this? <laughs> okay, that's great. So that, the response is very quick. You hear this some cursing, and then you can clearly hear, you know, the sound of a large battle axe being picked up from the table, and then they, they, you hear this, you know, thump, 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 like the slap of their leather leather-soled shoes on the stone stairs that lead up to the hatch and very very soon uh, unless there's any obstruction on there she being in front bursts up knocks the hatch asunder and you can see this red-headed woman wheeling her battle axe with axe of fury in her eyes and now we're all initiative um in the preparation upcoming tom 12 i'm using my cleric of timora's ability to create a duplicate of myself great 
All right, then. And uh, Lyle, what did you get for your initiative? Nine. And Jez? 21. Wow. Okay, so Jez, you are the only one going before them, actually. So you're right next to the hatch. Yep. And she bursts out. You can see the tall, skinny man behind her. He, by the way, has got sort of long, oily uh, brown hair and a a small, oily beard. Uh, Your turn. Go. I think I'm going to use my new gilded dagger to shank him with. That's right. Rub it in my face. I don't think you want me to do that. <laughs> so, um, okay, you have shank sne- him. You have sneak attack because Lyle is there. Okay. Mm-hmm. You, you also, all of you have inspiration, by the way. Thank you. Returned to you. So when I'm using this new plus one. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's plus one to the attack roll and damage. And damage, yeah. yes. So it's 13 to hit, if that would work. Yes. Now, only now do you realize that it also does a d4 poison damage. Ooh. A guy going to be so pissed. So 10 regular damage and 3 poison damage. Oh, great. So 13 damage in total. Yeah. So this woman is tough. You lash out with your dagger. She manages to stagger back a little bit. You def- you hit her a couple of times with a, a few flashes of it. Sparks fly and you realize the dagger is wicked sharp and it does cut into the chainmail a little bit. But she mostly manages to hold you at bay for now. So it is good that you got that sneak attack. Uh, it is then their turn. She is going to attack both of you, one each, lashing out with two attacks. Mm-hmm. Her sweeping battle axe tries to crash into you, Jez. What is your armor class? 14. Okay, so you are hit for nine damage. And what are your total hit points? 15. Okay, so narratively, you mostly dodge and block the attack, but she gives you a couple of sweeping blows. You crash up into the, the washing basin and put a crack in the table next to you as you're knocked back, but you don't actually get slashed open just yet. And Lyle, what is your armor class? 14. We're all 14, just to save you the trouble there. <laughs> Great. Okay, she actually barely misses you. So you just, mostly because of your height. She's used to fighting people that are more of her own height. And Mm -hmm. so you, her her axe sweeps over your head and thuds into the ground. So he, he is going to, from behind her, uh, just kind of peer out, essentially taking cover by just being, you know, up to his chest out of the the hatch. And is actually probably going to go, try to go for yourself, sir. So what is your armor class plus two? Because you have cover. Oh, yes, then 16. So, his short bow arrow streaks across the room and thuds into the table that you have upended in front of you. Now it is next turn. I'll aim for her. Great. She's engaged, so... Yes. That will trigger my ability. Uh, 16 to hit. Uh, that will just hit, yes. Woo! Not a great roll, and um, poultry 5 plus 8 damage. Hey, still not too bad. So your arrow streaks across Jess's, Jez's shoulder and sticks into her shoulder. And basically, like, she, she you know, just grimaces. She's very, very yeah. tough and doesn't even really react to the pain very much. You, you I, think you've damaged yeah. her, but it's not. I yeah. will then use my bonus action to yeah. hide by literally just going entirely behind the table. Mm. Got you. So yeah, behind the table. Sorry, so, well, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, give me a give me a stealth check. Do I have advantage because it's essentially... No, yeah. it just means you, you can. Okay, that's you, good. You, you need to have... Some too I know, but I was yeah. in this case because it's a, literally a giant thing that literally covers me. No, no, so to be clear, you, you, can, cover, you can go back and have complete cover, yeah. but to be hidden means yeah. they also can't know where you are behind them. Yeah, so so what, you, what you effectively need to do is duck down and then quietly move so that when you pop up, they won't be expecting you from that angle. Or not move. Or not move. Because yeah. they may still think that sure, I'm going there. Sure. Either, I get you. So it's not great. It's a seven. It's a seven. Okay, you don't think that you are hidden. Sorry, no, Lyle. Sweet. All right. The warrior in the chainmail. Yes. I 
would like to cast Guiding Bolt. Oh, lovely. Please do. All right. Is that, is that a saving throw or a... No, that's a uh, spell attack. Great. And with advantage... A streak of white divine light soars across the darkened halfling kitchen. Uh, let's see. Spell attack plus four. Fifteen. That uh, will Misses. miss her, yes. yes. But you, have, you do have inspiration. I already used it. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, no, in, in which case, it, it's really, really bright. And mostly because you don't want to hit Jez by mistake. Yep. You, you have to just kind of angle it a little bit off at the last minute and it shoots up and hits the ceiling instead. That is then going to be back to Jez's turn. So, oof. Flynn is very big and strong and she's smashing into you with wild haymaker strikes with her battle axe. Yeah, so I think I'm going to attack and then back off afterwards. So, that's good. So that is 21 to hit. That will hit. And... 13 damage with one poison damage. With one poison damage, okay. So 13 and then f- the 14th point is poison damage. So, so 14? Yep, and then I want to disengage. Okay, great. So you, you stick her good. You shove your blade deep into her ribs. She cries out and staggers and look, she sort of stumbles and moves to the side and has to put a hand on the bench to support herself for a moment. She's really, really wounded. That is then going to be her turn. You've disengaged though. Do you move over to where Nick is or do you move like near the door separately? Uh, I'd probably be moving over to an exit point so yeah towards the front door well so or, or the door to the kitchen at least yeah yeah okay. something so you, like that so you basically just sort of nimbly scuttle backwards and make your way out you wait for her to swing and then duck under it and use that to move that's it uh, perfect so she wounded though she is can still attack she is going to lash out at Lyle yeah who has an armor class of 14 correct one miss and, cool. and one hit damn will you please take nine damage sir? ouch nope ten sorry yeah <laughs> Nope, 11. <laughs> Did you get hit earlier? Oh, no, no. Previously. Yeah. So she swings out wildly. Um, basically, the, the way this works is one of the blows you mostly dodge and deflect, but just mm-hmm. the flat of the axe as it passes over your head just clips you right on the forehead, giving you a bit, yeah. of a, ga- a bit of a gash above your eyebrow. That is then going to be his turn, Who and all he does, though, is you can see him taking, drawing back on his short bow, waiting for Nick to pop up from behind his cover. Nick. I will pop out sideways, thus tricking him. Oh, my. So I will. Uh, so he's, he's, he's readying to to shoot when you pop up. So yeah. when you when you do become visible, he's going to no, just pop up because I might pop left for him. Yes. So what if, all right, that's fine. I'll take thankfully, the cover is still yeah, yeah. Uh, is, is, is still great. So and I it, pop up. It rather dismally actually. It even skirts. The arrow shoots out across mm-hmm. and uh, breaks on the tiles of the floor before it even gets to the. Table. I just look at him and like pathetic. Pathetic. I'll shoot her. So you shoot it. Okay. And that definitely hits. Oh, not bad. Uh, ten. Okay, so you kill her. Crossbow? D8. D8. I, I don't know why I rolled that, but I'm going to stay with it. You're right. I rolled a D4 and a, <laughs> I rolled a D4 and a D6 instead of a D8, but you know what? Oh, look, I'm doing this one hammer hammer back. <laughs> yes, I'm just like pathetic, and I, I, I maintain eye contact with That's why I totally a D4. So your, so your crossbow bolt goes over Lyle's head, sticks her right in the heart, in her chest plate, and because she's so big and heavy and she's on the stairs above him... And fall back onto him. Yeah, that, that's going to happen. So she crashes back, and you hear this awkward tumble as he basically like, oof, 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 thump, 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 and both of them in, in a tangled heap, him and her corpse, clatter to the base of the stairs. That is then going to be Lyle's turn. Oh, excellent. How far down is this thing? It's about 20 feet. Oh, screwed that noise. All right, so I am going to produce my crossbow as well. Okay. And take the opportunity to shoot. Okay, so all crossbows all of the time with so the he's, this week. He's, he's just sort of crawls to his feet at the base of the stairs. Yeah. It looks like he's got a big bruise on his head, like he's been hit. 12? No. Fair enough. That will, that, that will just miss. Yep. So your your arrow whistles whistles by his head. That is then going to be Jez's turn. Uh, okay. Do I want to move up again? Yeah. Okay. Do you move up next to Lyle and just 
shoot him down the stairs? Yeah, it's not within shanking distance, really. 20 feet. You would need to... Oh, you could use your dash action to get all the way to him. Yes. Dash bonus action. Bonus action. But then I can't disengage. Um, On the other hand, he does have a crossbow in his hands at the moment. There's a short bow even, which... Uh, Ooh, actually, there's a decided advantage if you decide to do this. So is he on the stairs and they're kind of like... <laughs> so Nick Nick killed her and she was in front of him at the top of the stairs. He was just behind her on the stairs. So when mm. she died, she fell backwards into him and they both tumbled, tumbled, tumbled to the bottom of the oh, stairs. Oh, so he's, he's at the bottom He's now. even taken some damage from that, so... And you can, what you, you kind can reach of stairs him. are they? Are they kind stone. of like... Okay, they're stone stairs. Yep. They're not like a ladder or anything no, like no, no, that. No, no, no. Just a straight straight stone stairs because you could do it 30 that's within 30 feet you could shank disengage move 10 feet can I? actually you can because the kitchen's small I, I, I forget the kitchen's only about 10, 10 feet by 12 feet across so you can easily it's, it's, a, it's a very tight confine so if you wanted to reach him and attack him and then fuck off because he's prone right now so you, you'd have advantage actually yeah alright let's do that then so sneak attack and advantage so that is 18 to hit easily yes 10 normal damage and then two poison damage. So you kill him. Yeah. <laughs> so no need to disengage. So he's shaking his head. He, he clearly hit his head really hard when he fell down the stairs. You just rush down the stairs and quickly slip the dagger. Just, I mean... You kind of like fall down the stairs. You just kind of fall down the stairs. Plunge the dagger into his chest. You, you feel his heart beat against it for one second, then he dies. So, combat over. Well done, everyone. I fossick. <laughs> So, you, <laughs> you loot. Okay, yes. sounds good to me. So, there is a rather large drug hall. <laughs> it's up to you what you want to do with that. Ooh, let's not do that. You can leave that for the city watch, which are likely going to... Sorry, the city guard, which... No, sorry, no, the watch. The city watch are likely going to be on the scene very shortly. Also, I imagine the halflings will probably um, be saying, there's a drug lab in her basement. Yeah, well, ex- exactly so. We exactly. will take the good drugs. You take the good drugs, no. indeed. Great. So We leave this as a gift for the city watch to for us to ingratiate ourselves with them making a drug bust makes them look good. Yeah. But remember, we are pitting this on the Xanathar. Yeah. I mean... But they discovered... They can still find it, though. Yeah. yeah. What I can do, though, is head back upstairs to where Pembley's room is. Yes. Take one of the um, notes in a quilt, mm-hmm. scribble Xanathar yep. on one of them, oh, attach it to a winged snake, Perfect. and send it on its way. Which snake? The green one or the black one? Black one, I think. Both. Because you had the black one the last time, right? The one oh, that you have... green and purple. No, no, the one that you have is black. Yeah. But it has a little, a little yellow underbelly, okay. which which this one does as well. Yeah. Assuming that there may be some sort of color code to it, I'm going to assume that the black is probably the one that says go back to base. Okay. Okay. So you so you do that. You scribble Xanathar and in a hastily yeah. scrawled note, perhaps with a couple of bloodstains. That's you... not hard. I'm like one, point, <laughs> one hit point away. <laughs> exactly. And then you tie it to the black one. The black one just kind of gives you a sort of a skeptical look like, you're not my real dad, but just follows his... I follows... boot the snoot and then send him on his way. <laughs> you boot the snoot and send him on his way. He, he flies off. And then he flies up, orientates it, it orientates itself for a little while, and then it flies off in a direction. South, if you if you can. Yes, I do. So that occurs. Uh, Tabitha is thankfully indoors now. We'll uh, loot the other two? You, so you loot the other two. There is a, a total of 18 gold, mostly in silver and copper, unfortunately, in larger funds. But still, you know, we'll consider it an, an 18 gold haul. And there is a healing potion that the warrior has in her belt. Yes, indeed. Got it. And that's it. Okay. Um, so do we want to tell the halflings to say anything in particular to the guard? Or You've already let them go. Uh, oh, that's right. Because they'll be running around the streets looking for 
for the first passing some time and then eventually going to the uh, city yeah. guard. Okay. Let's make our exit through the sewers back to our place. At the very least, we can say, wow, it must have been some other pair of halfling twins, the other lot twins. <laughs> <laughs> and um, maybe guys. we can take part of the gloat and kind of chuck it, like, look at, the, you know, if we find a exposed nail and make it look like part of a purple cloak is ripped yeah. and held onto a nail. It's just a bit of detail there. Perfect. I love it. And so with that, you loot what you can, make quick steps through the sewers back to Trollskull Manor. Perfect rescue executed. Well done. Thanks for listening to Shared Sagas. All music on the show is used under Creative Commons. Check the episode notes for full details.